Hello, my saltwater folk. I know it's been a while since I last posted an episode. Unfortunately, at the end of January, I fractured my tibial plateau quite badly due to an indoor bouldering accident. Had to get surgery and I've been healing up ever since. So needless to say, it has and continues to be quite the journey. For this episode, it's an episode I recorded actually back in August with a friend who is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Carly Lutz. We sit down in my living room before she takes off on a surfing life adventure to Central America. At the time we recorded this episode, Carly had just quit her corporate job so that she could go down to Nicaragua and play Gigante to work trade as a yoga instructor at a surf and yoga retreat center. She tapped into an intuitive knowing that it was time to step away from everything she created for herself and her career up into that point so she could answer the call to an adventure that a more recent love affair with surfing had sparked within her. We discussed her unsurprisingly long and challenging journey of learning to surf as an adult and how it has helped her lose control and find patience amongst organized chaos. Carly speaks to solo traveling as a single female through the travels she has already had in Central America up until this point and the empowering embodiment she's discovered along the way. We even touched on surf travel and the desire for reciprocity through creating meaningful connections in the places that we visit. As I re-listened to this episode before sitting down to do this intro, I'm struck with such inspiration for what Carly has so bravely decided to do, to step out into the unknown, to step out of the safe box of how society tells us we're supposed to live our lives, how it's supposed to look, and allow things to move more fluidly, like water. Attempting to create a more fluid-like life that can form from the desire to center our lives around the ocean and the things we love to do in it which I think so many of us saltwater folk have that same natural pull and desire in our own lives. Hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome, Carly. Thank you for coming and joining me on my first episode of The Saltwater Stories. It's pretty exciting. How are you feeling? Uh, Christine, I am. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here and to witness you starting this. It's so exciting. So I'm honored to be your first guest and just be sitting here in your living room doing this. It's a. It's such an honor. It's so fun. And thank you for those listening. And uh, this is Carly. And kind of a little bit of a background on Carly and the origins of. Our friendship is we actually met in the water in Encinitas in the San Diego County uh, in the water. And if anyone knows the surf breaks here, we met in the water pipes. And yeah. it was a beautiful relationship that started just from the sheer joy of being in the water together, sharing some waves and kind of finding connections in the water. And that's essentially where it all started. So Carly, in that regard, surfer and woman that loves the water. <laughs> you used to be a cross-country runner. You still run, but you used to compete as a cross-country runner. Uh, you competed in college for a little while at USD. And I know from the past, you also played soccer as a little girl, um, but then got into running. Surfing is somewhat new for you. It's not something you've done since you were a little girl. It's not something that you've kind of you know, been shown from a parent or an elder at a young age, what got you into it? What transitioned you from being a runner at a higher level of competition to then switching gears and moving towards the water? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And thank you, Christine. Um, I think really, like you said, running and movement has always been a really big part of my life and something that I think we bonded over really quickly, even just being, being a past runner, uh, finding movement. I found yoga quickly after running just with, with injury and just some other challenges that came up with, with running. So yoga was kind of my transition into, um, a different sport that was like less competitive than running and more mindful uh, but I really found surfing when I was in San Francisco. So as you said, I went to school at USD, um, 
my first boyfriend, my first love was a really passionate surfer that grew up in Encinitas and he would take me out in the water and I was out on my phone board, but I remember I, I, it's almost like I wanted to love it. I loved the idea of it because I was always a, like, I love to be a boogie. I was a boogie boarder when we got the opportunity in Northern California to go to the beach, you know, maybe once a summer, I was always in love with the water. Um, but again, never really surfed. I would go and watch the surfers for hours and kind of was like enamored by them. And I noticed that even when I was in college running and doing yoga, I was always enamored with surfing and loved it, but was super insecure in the water. My boyfriend at the time was a really amazing surfer and he kind of threw me into it and was like, yeah, just, just go out there, you know, just paddle out. And I always had that kind of imposter syndrome of like, what am I doing out here? Oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. Um, so it, it's funny. I, I, I never really took to it then, even though I was always kind of a water person, always loved the beach. That's why I went to school at USD. Uh, but it was really when I was in San Francisco, I moved there right after school, lived in the city and never felt really a big connection to that city life. And really the career I was in at the time wasn't really a fit. I didn't feel really connected to anything in my life. I felt really lonely, really heartbroken. Um, just really lost. And I started just taking my, the foam board I had at the time and just going to Pacifica and Lindemar, which is anyone who's been there. It's kind of like this beautiful open bay. Uh, and I started just going every weekend. I remember my sister being like, Carly, don't you want to enjoy the city? And I was like, no, I just need to be by the ocean and start going. Um, and that was really what started just the, like this natural rhythm of me going by myself and, it wasn't even really conscious, but I then realized how much I was doing it, how consistent my surfing was becoming. I wasn't really necessarily getting that much better, but it was becoming like integral to my sanity and my mental health in a way that was not like, oh, I should like this thing. It was completely for myself. And so that was a really transformative moment when I kind of looked back at um really heading into the pandemic of what was helping me find sanity in the city was really surfing and going every weekend and spending as much time in the water as I could. So it came from that really lonely place of then kind of needing the water in that capacity. That's beautiful. And when something that strikes me from what you said was that it kind of started in a way in a place of insecurity, right? Totally. That you had mentioned that it was not necessarily something you were good at. No. And no. yet you started to dive in and lean into that from a place of loneliness. Can you speak on that kind of throwing yourself into a state of insecurity, also in a place that was maybe an uncomfy place in your life? What was that connection? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think there was again, kind of that underlying like lostness. Like I have, I don't really know where I belong in the world. Like I have my family right here. I have this amazing support system, um, right? I, I was kind of in between careers at the time too. And, and I think coming from a running background too, like very being very goal oriented and like a high achiever, I was kind of in this like phase where it was very transitional. I was applying for jobs. I didn't know what was really next. I was like, and I was starting to blame everything on, I think I've told you like San Francisco. And I was like, oh, like a lot of, a lot of that. And the one place where I kind of stepped out of this almost kind of like victim mentality was the water. It was when I was out in the water, even if I was just sitting there kind of cooking around, I would meet someone that I hadn't met before. I'd have a really good conversation. Um, I got into the ritual, the ritual of going to my favorite like fish shop afterwards, um, and also had these like little interactions with people in the water that had something to teach me or something to show me, um, that I didn't, I didn't necessarily have that when I got back on land, right. It, when I was back up on, when I was back on land, I was like, okay, what, what's my next job I'm applying for? Or, you know, how am I going to get to a different city? It, I was very much in a, in a restless place. And the water was the only place that I, felt like I was having these really natural conversations and where I could kind of settle into myself. So I think it was because I was so restless on land. There was so much, I felt like there was no ground under me. And then the water was just this place where, like you said, it was, it was very uncomfortable in a sense that I wasn't good at it, but it was humbling because it was like, well, all there is to do is just try and paddle and, and work through that and maybe ask the guy next for me, next to me for tips, right. Versus, mm -hmm. 
um, on land, I was like, I should have this figured out. Why is this so difficult? Like, why am I not, why am I not able to move through this? And the water was just, um, it was a whole new world out there. Yeah. I think that really resonates, um, for the listeners that are listening. I also was a collegiate runner and can really, um, understand what you're talking about that almost like on land, especially in having come from a, a sport where it feels like everything was so controlled mm-hmm. and you know, you put the mileage, yeah, it's at a certain pace, you do X, Y, and Z. It's almost like a recipe or formula and you're supposed to get this like kind of end results. And it kind of, if similarly felt like you can just like enter the water and she's going to give it to you how she wants to. The ocean is like extremely humbling in that way. So it's almost like forces you into presence of like, okay, what's happening? How do I move? And um, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe if that's something that's underlined for us as runners, but I think there was something in being able to finally lose control that yeah. was very appealing uh, with the ocean. 100%. 100%. I think that's like really when you're in the water, you have to surrender to what you're getting. Even I've always been a really impatient person in the sense of mm, yeah. like wanting, right? Like even just the phases of transition or uncertainty in the past really scared me or just I would maybe grab out for the answer that was right in front of me versus maybe waiting for what really needed to transpire naturally. And in the water, it's, you know, you could be waiting for an hour. You could be in the water two hours and catch one wave. Um, and so I think that was even in itself, I knew like instinctually good for me of just, wow, I'm, I'm learning patience. I'm learning to let go, let go of control. Whereas in running, it's, it's very different, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. Kind of like an intuitive knowing maybe Mm -hmm. of what you need. Mm -hmm. Cause again, it's like you're entering sometimes a space of insecurity and Mm -hmm. like working through some shit Mm -hmm. when you enter the water at times. And it doesn't always seem like, why am I being drawn to this? Like, you know, mm. I'm choosing to go down a path of something I might not necessarily be good at or get mm. my like, like shit rocked, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I feel that. And it's funny how the ocean has this, a sense of forcing you into patience. Yeah. And I find it really unique, especially with surfers, you know, even just when we have swell, we have to sit there and we're waiting, we're waiting for that set. And you have this moment of like, you can't like snap your fingers and have, the swell arrive or the set arrive <laughs> even though I know you do your she, Carly does these little flips that calls the swell <laughs> to come in so theory's little, still out but my little we'll flips see. yeah the <laughs> remnants of my OCD is like I've got to do if it slows down I do one front flip one back flip. but I swear it her I swear it helps <laughs> I've seen it so I can actually vouch <laughs> we call upon this the sets to come but, you know, even when we as surfers, we get this like feeling of impatience when mm-hmm. all of a sudden, which we're experiencing now in San Diego, it's like practically flat mm-hmm. and yet it's our therapy. And yet we've kind of been trained even in our sessions, like from set to set to find patience. And especially in crowded surf when like you aren't getting every set maybe mm-hmm. or a wave per set. So, you know, when the times are flat, it creates this kind of learned knowing of patience. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel that patience, that patience learned from the water, from your surfing? Has that ripple effect? Like, do you find that you've had more patience now that you've embarked on kind of this journey as a surfer? I'd like to say yes. <laughs> I'd like to say yes. I think it's still something I have to work on mm-hmm. a lot consciously. Uh you and I always talk, we're like kind of like movers and shakers. We love to just like physical movement is, is so important, but it's, it's funny actually. I think surfing has actually helped me ask myself when I'm like wanting to move or challenge myself physically or, uh, even just change things up. I think, I think sometimes I ask myself, okay, is this like need for change or a need to move? Is this coming from, uh, anxious place or wanting to like, like I, I kind of call it like organized chaos. Like, am I just wanting to like kind of live in like in chaos or is this like a, really, I'm just, I'm wanting to like go express myself or, or go move like, or go do some physical thing or shake up my, shake up my life. Right. Make a change. It's like, what place in myself is that need to like move coming from um, if that makes sense. So I think there's, there's a sense of patience in the water that 
I, I like love the version of myself that I'm able to tap into in the water where it's more playful. It's just like, I'm just happy to be out here. Mm. And so I think it's, it's, I'm working on bringing that to everything in my life. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but at least there's awareness. There's an awareness that like, if I notice myself being like, okay, I've been sitting for an hour or whatever, like, oh, I, I should, like, I, if it's a should, then I'm like, mm, you actually probably might need to nap or like rest, you know, like, or is this like, oh, I, I want to go, you know, go run around and play or, you know, do something that's productive. But I think there's more of a mindfulness around it because of surfing. Yeah. But there's a lot of room for growth still. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be no fun if we've already figured everything out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but something strikes me and then obviously I know you. So when you're talking about organized chaos and like tapping into that mindfulness that surfing can and being in the ocean can really help us with, mm. but you're about to embark on a big change. <laughs> and I, we've been talking about this, maybe we can share with the listeners, but you're, you just quit your job after three and a half years mm. And you've had enough mindfulness involved to realize that in your life right now, you need that change. Not that you should, but it's something that is kind of feels necessary. Um, so can you speak to that? You're about to embark on this adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for that question. I think, you know, it's so interesting because you've been such a big part of the, a lot of the things that have manifested and happened in my life in the last year uh, and I just want to express that gratitude for you too, because a, a lot of it is the interactions and the experiences I've had with you by my side. So it's also kind of a beautiful thing, but you know, I think it was really interesting. I always, I always knew that I wanted to, like, I've always loved travel. I, I got my degree in international relations, I lived in DC for a bit in college. I was fortunate enough to study abroad. I've always loved, I've always like loved to kind of change things up, change locations, travel. Um, I think I've, and again, I've, that comes from a privileged place. I've been really lucky to have those opportunities. Um, I always knew and kind of envisioned in my head, you know, one day living abroad, maybe starting something in a different country, um, just to step into that language, step into whatever. But really, I think that was always kind of like a, a dream or maybe something that I saw plastered on the wall. That I'm like, oh, that would be kind of, that would be cool. But it was really like when, when you and I went to our first trip to Baja, down to Baja a year ago, mm. or almost a year ago, not even a year ago. I know, less than that. Uh, yeah, it, I, I had this one experience that, uh, that I, you remember too, in the water of just feeling super empowered in the water. And I remember stepping out of the water and I had never felt like that embodied before. And I was like, wow, like I, like I can do what I set my mind to. And I just felt this sense of like empowerment and this, like, just this like calling for, for adventure and the sense of like, wow, I, I, I want to do this soon. Um, and I think really from that trip, there's been not only some travel that's allowed me to make that feel more realistic, but there's also been other aspects of my life that have allowed this to, I guess I should talk about what the opportunity is. I'm, I'm going yeah, to move. Let's hear it. Yeah. I, sorry, we didn't, I didn't even address it, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to step into this opportunity to go live in Nicaragua for probably three months to start, um, but have set up my life in a way that I might be gone you know, six months or a little bit longer. Uh, so it's kind of a, an, uh, this, this role I'm stepping into is, you know, kind of a yoga instructor, yoga guide, um, and retreat leader. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I always wanted to do something like this, but I think your in your question now felt like the right time because I did certain iterations of travel and working and, kind of designing my life in a way to kind of test run this, if it makes sense. Um, and I came back from a re recent trip and just felt an immense amount of gratitude for everything I have in San Diego. And yet also this sense that, wow, I think I'm in a place right now, like physically and mentally that, and financially, quite frankly, that I can do this. I can go maybe take a risk and go travel a little bit more, a little bit more freely and openly. Um, but also do it from a grounded state of not 
of not doing it just because I want to do a 180 and like, again, kind of live in that organized chaos of like, I always have to be shaking things up of like, wow, I've worked really hard and designed this thing at this company that I'm really proud of. And it's time to step away. It's time to give myself the space to do something different and also kind of follow that call of adventure that I was able to tap into in Baja. And it just felt like, wow, this is, this is honoring that part of myself that I was really able to tap into, uh, you know, eight months ago. So it's long winded answer to your question. It's, it's been a, it's been a kind of like a many iterations of, of kind of giving myself the permission to actually do it. If that makes sense over the last eight months, like I even knew after that first trip we did, I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. like, yes, I'm like, I want to do that, but it's taken, you know, almost a year to actually have the life circumstances to make that happen, which has been really special. Thank you for sharing. No, absolutely. I think a lot of things can also be slow moving, uh, a seed that's planted Mm -hmm. over time. And I think that's kind of what's beautiful about the experience that you've shared with surfing and how over time you've tapped into that mindfulness of being able to notice when you're leaning towards organized chaos and when you're kind of tapping back into that intuition of what's good Mm -hmm. for you. And I think it's really neat, at least from a personal standpoint, is that there's like so little in our lives where we're like actually tapping into intuition all the time. I think Mm. that's why when you're in the ocean, you can just be so present because you're just you're like, you're looking at the water that's moving and you're seeing these lines coming towards you and you're analyzing the tides and mm. whether the, the wind on the water and you're just constantly and you're seeing the people around you and, and processing and tapping into the intuition of like how to move even on a wave. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, from a microcosmic change that we're acquiring over time, just in the surf and those small ways of intuition that we get to tap into. I feel like in many ways it can Mm-hmm. lead into our uh, life on a more macrocosmic level mm-hmm. which is beautiful to witness and then something just I'm curious because you said that you felt very empowered after that trip mm-hmm. um, our girls trip in Baja <laughs> so I love that and I think that's I've been able to witness that from a personal level in mm-hmm. our friendship but something that I find personally uh, as a woman in the water in surfing is that it's it's like it's trending towards empowerment mm-hmm. but i also feel like there's still it's like it's a harder path to mm-hmm. find that empowerment mm-hmm. and so you know i don't know what your experience has been or what was that specific experience that you had in baja that really ignited that feeling of empowerment especially was it in the water or was it just the experience itself yeah i think it was i think it was the whole trip in a sense because it was a place it was a it was a type of again it was a type of travel that I had always wanted to do in the sense of like doing a surf trip and and not even just the surfing part but just like the way you the way you organize your day on a surf trip is Mm -hmm. just like right like you you surf (laughs) when when there's waves you eat when you're hungry you like maybe go for a walk it's it's very like I realized I was like, I don't love having like an itinerary when I, when I travel, like, or, you know, have, having a bunch of set things to do. I love to be active. I love to go experience the place I'm being. And I love, right. I love it to be like a physical, physical activity. Like that's always, that always gets me excited and amped up. Um, But it was just the whole way we moved through that trip that I think I was like, this is it. This is how I love to kind of travel. um, And this is how I'd want to spend more of my time on this planet of, of things just feeling really like fluid and kind of like you said, right? Like when it's, when it's flat, like, you know, we would rest or we would go get a margarita versus (laughs) when it was, when it was big out there, we went out there and we challenged ourselves and, and then we came back and we kind of like, I think as women too, it was empowering just to hear, like we were all out there in the same swell and we all had very different experiences. So even having that experience, I think in terms of a, a, you know, a woman's trip, it was really neat to share the different experiences we all had, um, even in the same conditions, the same reality. So, you know, I think the sense of, of empowerment came from just the fact that we were a group of women, I think all kind of frothy, right? We were just like, this is amazing. Like we're all doing this trip together. It was a place that was near and dear to your heart. And that was also super 
amazing. I felt just a huge amount of gratitude and still do that you were willing and able to share that with us. Um, because the other three of us hadn't been and you were also kind of this amazing guide through the trip to lead us where, um, yeah, I just, I just really admired the way you moved through that trip of like letting go of any expectations, but also kind of preparing us to really have a special trip. Um, so I think there was a sense of empowerment of just seeing the way you moved and kind of guided the trip through Baja, the way we were able to come back after those experiences and share, and then I think there was the one specific instance in the water where, you know, kind of like you said, I'm, I'm new to surfing. And I think on that trip, ignorance was bliss a little mm. bit in the sense of, I didn't really know what I was paddling into. Um, and I was able to catch some of the best waves of my life up into this point. And I didn't really, didn't even know that feeling existed. So it was a whole new sensation in my body of like, just that dropping in of that wave of even just like some of the guys were really supportive and like cheering me on in the water. It yeah. was, which again, right. Like coming from Southern California or wherever you, that's very, it's, it can be rare. Right. So it was like everything kind of lined up that day for me where it was very serendipitous. It was a very safe environment to have this like epic day of surfing where everything lined up like the, you know, it was just a, it was very serendipitous. And I think now I realize how precious that was, you know, and what a life-changing moment that was, but it was also in context of the whole trip that I think you really also created for us, you know? So I'm just eternally grateful to you for, for creating that, you know, it was one of the best moments of my life up until this point. So. And for the listeners, it really was, I was sitting on the shoulder, just like kind of going through actually a very intensive fear state. Like you said, we were all going through different stuff in the water that day but the, that exact moment I well it's like ingrained in my brain but basically Carly dropped in at a beach break it was almost barreling every so often that day but it was easily double overhead and it was just an absolutely beautiful way we got front line and center on that one so <laughs> I can I can definitely see how that was a very empowering feeling to have absolutely um so thank you for sharing and and then and now it, Honestly, so it's really neat to see how that level of empowerment has kind of catapulted you into this like one hell of a year. And, you know, so you can speak more to this, but it kind of pushed you and motivated you. I think, again, that empowerment, that mm -hmm. feeling that you're capable of this. You've had that feeling that like mm -hmm. kind of fire built within you that like I am capable of this. I can drop in on a wave like that. Mm -hmm. It's like once you know, you can't unknow. Mm -hmm. And you've kind of essentially over the last year traveled to various places on your own as, as a single woman. And maybe you can share exactly where you went and kind of what that experience was like being kind of coming from that initial experience of empowerment to what that felt like. Did, did that empowerment grow? Did it get kind of questioned did you feel like okay just kidding I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> a little bit of both so I don't know if you can share to that yeah uh I love what you just said about a little bit of the like oh wow you know I think <laughs> before I and I, I'll dive more into the travel but I think there's also this surfing is constantly humbling and just being in the water right whether you're bodyboarding you know boogie boarding just frolicking around in the whitewash like it's so humbling, right? I had that one amazing day and actually just an amazing trip uh, where, again, I feel like the stars were aligned and 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 it was just this gift of a trip. Um, but, right, the ocean is constantly humbling. I remember coming back and, you know, going to summer surf, being on a longboard. Like, Christine knows I, like, I'm always resistant. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just, like, not, I'm not, like, great on a longboard. I feel super kooky and awkward. And I think, anyways, I'm just, like, oh, my God, I, I don't even know how to surf. Like, you know, this is terrible. Or, I, right, I realized I dropped in on someone. Like, I just want to also recognize that I started only about really two years ago of, like, going every day and it really becoming, like, really integral to my life. So I feel like I've been in this honeymoon stage of surfing where I know I have so much to learn. Right. And I think, I think I had that epic day and it was followed by going to Nicaragua. And, and in that trip I was solo. Uh, and it was, it was an amazing trip because the first week 
you know, Christine and I are both love yoga. And so it was more of a yoga retreat and movement. And I was just doing my own flows and I feel pretty empowered in, in yoga and the way I like to move through that. But I remember the second week I went to a surf camp and I was the only woman with this group of guys that were on a, uh, guys, um, reunion trip from they all went to Clemson so I was with a bunch of guys from the south that surf big hurricane swell so kind of big wave surfers and I didn't have a I didn't have my own board I was on this like six foot gun that I had no idea what to do with and I remember they were all like all like 11 of the guys were watching on the beach and the first I just went to like literally enter the water and I went out at the wrong time of the tide oh sorry um and I just got pummeled, like literally the first, just trying to enter the water. And they were all like, oh, you know? And so it was just, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this sport. Like, you know, so I just, again, surfing is constantly humbling you. But I think um, that for the trip to Nicaragua, right? That was one example of a trip where I had some of my best waves, my best surfing, but also some days where I remember crying at the end of the day and I was just like, wow, that was really, that was really tough. I just wiped out, you know, I cut my legs on some rocks, whatever. Um, but I've been lucky enough. I feel like through travel, um, yeah, I can speak to just some of the places I've been going to Nicaragua for two weeks, which was a big part of the influence of coming back and going to live there. Um, and then going back to again, Mexico, that trip to Baja was also, uh, an inspiration for me to go to mainland Mexico and spend some time in Mexico city with my sister, go to Oaxaca city, um, and try to just, again, I'm a big foodie. So learn more about like mainland culture and just the different States in Mexico. Um, and not just go to surfing destinations. That's always been something that was a big motivator for me traveling the last couple of months was, I think sometimes as surfers and even someone new to surfing, it's I'm like eager to be like, oh my God, there's so many waves I haven't surfed. But also it's been fun over the last couple of months to go to different cities, um, even where surfing isn't really the focus, but where I'm getting to practice Spanish a little bit more, where there's not as many tourists, where, you know, I am the only blonde woman and, and navigating that. Um, but I've, one thing that's been keeping me going is just the people that I've met and also the willingness of people that if you're coming with a sense of respect for that local break for the local place if you're coming with curiosity I've knock on wood but never been met with anything but compassion and um, a sense of warmth and a, and a want to help help teach me about that place and that wave so it's been humbling not even from a, not just from a surfing perspective to go to these different places and kind of realize how much I don't know, but also just from traveling and just that sense of humility you get from like, wow, there's so many things I could learn from just the way these people move through the world or, you know, navigate their daily life that then I get stuck in my little bubble at home, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And something that is, and I know we've talked about this and we also went to Scorpion Bay. Um, yeah. Like two months ago. Um, so add that to the list of yes, travels. Yes, add that to the here. list. Yeah, which a um, uh, whole other <laughs> amazing experience in itself. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's a, and this is actually, I'm a huge fan of the Water People podcast, but they've actually been touching on the concept of reci reciprocity, which you kind of touched on. And something that I always think about when we surf for tr like or travel for surfing is this feeling that like we're kind of coming in and we're like essentially like taking mm -hmm. is what it feels like a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, what you've been seeing with like the communities that you're coming to, especially for the spots that you've mm -hmm. gone to surf. And mm -hmm. is that like, what does that feel like? Does it feel like there's something that we're kind of also able to give and beyond just our money? Cause mm -hmm. there is a level of like helping the economy when we travel that yeah. does feel good. Right. And, that's not to be discredited. I think that that's really important, mm -hmm. um, especially for those that rely on that. Mm -hmm. But there feels like there's still this la lack of, you know, a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. We're coming in and surfing and, and I, I don't know, that feels like, you know, is the community surfing? Is that integral to their life? Does it need to be? So I don't know if you can speak to that in any of the communities you've traveled to in Central America so far for surf. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a tricky thing to navigate and self-reflect on because everywhere I've been to, I've tried to just be thoughtful in every interaction I have of 
like, okay, what's the dynamic here? You know, I'm, whether I'm like renting a board or I'm out in the water, um, and you know, there's, there's a lineup. I, I think in, in terms of, I think it's all how you go into a place and what your like intention is and kind of your awareness, because I think no matter what, when you're coming in as like a white young female, again, for me, who's like new to surfing, I think at first I had kind of like the rose colored glasses on of like, oh my gosh, you know, I just want to, I want to go to these places, um, and, and learn, but just like be out in the water. And, and there was a little bit of naivete, naivete in Mm. that. Right. I mean, even that day I was at Cerritos, like there was a lot, like I got really lucky in the sense that, you know, I, I was checking the lineup, I think to the amount that I knew how to. But there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong that day. You know, there yeah. was, you know, I could have wiped out. I could have slipped. I could have cut a local off and really, you know, like really compromised myself or just disrespected the people there, you know. And so I think now as I get more experienced and as I start to plan more trips, you know, now you and I have are starting to have kind of a network of friends we have that own surf shops and other spots. Mm-hmm. Um you know, right. Like I have relationships with people in some of those, in some of those places now where I think one thing that I found that has like led to more like genuine connection with people is one, like a consistency of being there. Like everywhere I've been, I've tried to be there at least two weeks and just that kind of like consistency of like even going to like the same board shop every day and being like, Hey, like, what would you recommend? Like, Oh, what's a good break for someone at my level? Like, Hey, you know, kind of like asking them for like, you know, what would you do if you were me? And, and kind of asking for their perspective and also just that consistency of every day of just like them kind of becoming familiar with me Mm. and then getting to practice my Spanish. Right. There was, there was a sense of like, um, really community that I think, even when traveling, it's easy to be transient and just kind of come in. And I think that's the point where Mm. you and I are always talking about this. Like, how are we like, of course, when you travel, yeah, like even if you're there for a day, you're still contributing to the economy. But I think the thing that's more um, fulfilling and more enriching for the traveler and the local is when there's a high level of respect and there's also a curiosity to learn and even a consistency of interaction. I think there's just this like sense of like people coming and going or people when it's transactional, I think that's when there's, you lose the integrity of travel. You lose, like you lose some integrity in the water. It's like when someone has never been to a break before and they just paddle it, they paddle up and they start taking every wave and you're like, Mm. come on, dude, like you've, you haven't been here. You know, it's, it's like, there is that sense of consistency and community that I think we can be thoughtful and intentional about when we travel. And I think you and I have a lot of conversations about this, right? Every time we go into a trip together, we're like, okay, like how, how, like, who can we meet here? Um, like how can we interact with maybe like, like create like really meaningful connection versus just trying to hit as many places as we can or hit as many breaks as we can. I think what I found that's been more rewarding for me as a traveler. And like, I think with being mindful to like what's actually beneficial to the local community is like that, that mindful, like human connection and not treating someone or a place as a transactional thing you know mm. so long-winded answer to your, no, your question no. I, I feel that immensely and, and I think that that's where it can you know we want to avoid that feeling of transaction yeah um or at least hopefully we do yeah um and there's some of that is unavoidable I think of you know of just the reality of the world we live in and like traveling is a privilege you know and and right like not everyone gets to do it so there's always a like money is a dynamic you know yes, right you like avoid it. Yep. there's right you're going to these places to surf and there's immense poverty. So you're always being confronted with the reality of situations. And that can be, that can be difficult to stomach. And then you kind of, I think for me, it's a, it's just a point of reflection of like, okay, how can I either go back to that place and contribute or stay there longer? Like, how can I, how can I not like, not in the sense of like, like the white man savior mentality, but like, how can I give as much as these people have given to me in in an authentic way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting you touch on the kind of the traveler surf community mm-hmm. that gets created out of that. And I know you've actually done that with your travels at, in San Jose um, with the surf shop Sanos and the owner Bernardo mm-hmm. and having that connection and having, again, that sense of 
community, which is kind of a word that gets thrown out a lot. Yeah, it means so many different things. Really, yeah, yeah I think there's that's a that's a hefty one to define. Mm-hmm. But there's that feeling of connection that you've created um, instead of it just being transactional. It's just like, hey, I want a board. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tell me more about your shop. Let's like let's chat. Let's get some coffee together. I want to hear more about your stories. It becomes this kind of again, symbiotic sharing of lives and stories, kind of what we're doing here in the podcast mm-hmm. is sharing stories and experiences and, and finding connection in that. And I think that that hopefully can provide some level of interconnectedness within that surfing community. But again, I, I, I struggle as well with that feeling of, especially in going in places where there's a lot more poverty, mm-hmm. how, do, how do you feel like you're doing enough? Because it, mm-hmm. it feels kind of the sense of privilege that, again, you pointed out that we have as travelers becomes very apparent. And it kind of is like, well, are we utilizing our time and our money in the best Mm -hmm. of ways? Is there something Mm -hmm. more that I can do? And I think it's always good for, if we can, to continue to ask ourselves that question. Maybe it bleeds into another aspect of our lives where maybe we are contributing to that community even more, especially a community that we connect with Mm -hmm. through those connections Mm -hmm. with immensely. And we're able to contribute in a bigger way in the future, Mm -hmm. especially once we, I think, know the needs a little bit more. Exactly. And you can't know the needs unless you formulate those connections um, with the people that you're, you're interacting with when you travel. So I completely agree. And with that being said, you're, you're planning to kind of go for a while here. And what is it? I, I know we've talked about this, but our listeners don't necessarily know. So it's kind of this um, undefined level or amount of time that you might be gone. What is it that if you had to kind of think about what you're hoping to kind of achieve, and I hate to say the word achieve, but gain or grow or um, acquire all, any word here that you want, but what is it that you're hoping to kind of walk away with after this kind of next experience or what is it that you're hoping for? Yeah, I think to kind of touch on what we were just talking about is part of that kind of dynamic between traveling and the hospitality world and surfing that I think that is a point of like contention or a challenge or like what is that dynamic of when are you actually, you know, when are you actually contributing to a community versus just bringing money in and that's coming back out. I think one of the main things that I'm really excited about the immediate project I'm doing in Nicaragua is to learn from the owners of Room to Rome and that retreat center um, of just how that dynamic works with owning, owning space in, in Nicaragua, um, you know, employing people that live there and have lived there for generations and what that dynamic looks like. Like, is that really helpful? Is that really creating a more cohesive, you know, dynamic economy or is it creating problems? You know, I think, or, you know, and and challenges, I think one of the biggest things is actually kind of diving into what we were just talking about, like that, that, that challenge of, of traveling and tourism and hospitality and how that impacts, um, Latin America, Central America, developing countries. That's always been, Right. Like international relations has always been something that I'm like, I just really want to learn more about how countries, people interact. So from that sense, I'm really interested to see how, right, even the two of us leading our retreat, like how that's received there. Um, just kind of get that like human experience of like, what's that dynamic like? I'm really interested um, in being there. I've always had this dream of actually when I moved to San Diego, it was right before the pandemic hit and I, or I was planning to move to this, uh, move to San Diego before the pandemic hit. And I wanted to start my own studio space. I also work in corporate education. So I wanted to start some hybrid of kind of like a learning and development center that, that companies sent their employees to that had a movement aspect and also a, a charitable giving back aspect. And I, uh, I always thought that would be in San Diego, And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, I would love to, again, kind of see, see what that looks like again in in Latin America. So I think one part of it is, is a lot of professional development and, and human and personal development of, you know, what does it look like to run and have a business in a place that's not where you're from, that's not in America. So I think there's, I'm really excited to learn more about that. And I think the other big thing for me is, 
kind of that piece of control. Like for the last three and a half years, I've had this job. It's had kind of a linear growth path that, right, I could see the next step of growth. I could see the next achievement. And with this, kind of like with the eyes that the new eyes that surfing gave me is there's not necessarily like, you know, a catapult of whatever I'm going to do next that this next thing brings. There's a lot of uncertainty to it. And I feel like that's even a big step for me in, in stepping into a little bit of unknown um, and being willing to be like, we'll, we'll see, like surrender to that experience. Um, so I think I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of give up a bit of control, quite honestly, in my life and just receive. Um, and I know we've talked about this a bit too, but I think I still have a bit of work to do around like my relationships with men and how I interact there. And I think I want to, I've loved my solo travel. I feel like I've been able to be really self-reflective in that. And so I'm excited to kind of have the space to kind of keep doing some of that self-work and seeing how I interact with, with new people, maybe even that, you know, in, in just that capacity. So there's a bit of vulnerability that I think is going to be forced from me traveling in a place I don't know. Um, and so kind of being forced in that space of, of, of vulnerability in a place that's, that's new, that's foreign, that I'm, I'm kind of yearning for that in a sense, uh, as well, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And courageous in lots of ways, because yeah. the unknown is a scary place to <laughs> kind of lean into, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable or it can be. Um, and it kind of, to me, I just think immediately of the ocean, of course. <laughs> but when you speak of kind of looking towards having a sense, just the goal, if there's a goal necessarily, but to have the experience itself mm -hmm. instead of just the end goal. Mm -hmm. A surfer is like, we don't walk away from a session like with something tangible. Mm -hmm. Like we have this feeling that we walk away with. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not always the best. Mm -hmm. Again, it can be a humbling session, mm -hmm. but we have these experiences and that's what we essentially walk away with. And I think that keeps drawing us back and kind of seeking whether it's growth or not, but an, an experience itself. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I, I find that that's that completely makes sense. But do you feel like surfing has set you up in lots of ways to find that courage of like leaning into the unknown, not necessarily knowing what it's going to look like? Yeah, I think it has. I think surfing has been a huge part of that. Again, having the courage to do it. I also think that it was really interesting when I was in San Francisco, I again, felt so like I didn't have any stable ground under me. And I think being in San Diego and having this incredible community, like kind of underneath my feet of people that like, I really love of these like genuine friendships of people that it's just like effortless connection of like, even you and I of just being in the water together of just really having people. I feel like in my, in my corner that I like, I'm really my, myself with and like this, like, this kind of newer version of myself, right? That's, that's surfing a ton. Like this is, it's like a whole new world, right? Of, of just surfing that it's opened up to. And, and I, so I think a big part of that is surfing, but it's also that like San Diego is, has kind of been this launching pad for me that just being and living near the ocean, meeting the people I've met. Um, it's all kind of like now that I almost feel so safe in my community, in the friends I have here and still being close to family, that has also given me, I think, the confidence just of having that, like, that loving, nurturing foundation. Like, I, I would have done this in a, in a very lost place, like, two years ago. Mm. You know, like, we were talking about kind of that, like, escapism that I think sometimes we seek out travel for. I think, like, now that I'm in a more grounded space, it also comes from that sense of having such a loving support system where it's, like, I could fall flat on my face and I have, like so much love and support around me. And I also have a lot more love and support for myself that like, I have a lot more faith that, that again, surfing has instilled in me of like, Oh no, I like, I can do this. Like I really can do this. So it's been, I think part surfing and then, you know, <laughs> like self, just self, self empowerment. And that's come from just the amazing support of oh, amazing team of people I work with and just incredible support system of people I've met in the water. Like literally so many people I've met in the water have become my dearest and, and closest friends in the last two years. So 
Yeah, it's been a combination, but really it it has because even the people have stemmed from surfing. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really the answer is yes. It's been surfing. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be surfing, but <laughs> I will always have to argue with you. Yeah, no. Yep. Um, but it's interesting because I've played around with this myself, having you know quit a job at the start of COVID mm-hmm. to jump on a yacht <laughs> and yeah. you know experience um, travel and living in Fiji for a while and having kind of. A bit of um, a flighty time in my life. Yeah. Not flighty in the standpoint of like necessarily running away from problems. Although mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, that's exactly what I was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. What can you speak to? Because you started to kind of delve into that. But this this um, concept of groundedness mm-hmm. that we as surfers, obviously, we step away from the moment we enter the water. Mm-hmm. Feeling of that, that groundlessness. But how does groundedness help us in regards to finding growth or finding that support system because you said you know two years ago if you had done what you're doing now and embarked or starting to embark on this journey that you're about to go on it wouldn't look the same so what can you speak to groundedness and and it's um it's part and and creating that support system yeah you know I think in a sense I think it was part of the pandemic did me somewhat of a favor as a human in terms of like, I think we all learned to slow down a little bit during that time of like, right. Like forced rest. Like it makes me a little bit sad that it, it really took being like the world shut down for you to like actually slow down. Um, but I think there was when I like moved to San Diego, you know, things were right. We were fully, we were fully shut down. I didn't know really anybody. Um, I had a couple leftover friends from college, but not really anyone I knew that well. I was newly in love with surfing. So all I was doing was really surfing, coming back and, you know, cooking and and doing that whole thing of like really, of, of really just surfing, eating, sleeping, and working. Um, life. That sounds horrible. Yeah, right. I know, right? Oh, so terrible. So terrible. But it was, there wasn't a lot of like outside distraction where I felt like I was, I've always been really good at finding outside distraction. A big yes man, like big person of like, if someone wants to do something, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll try that. Which can be great because you're like, it's very open to new experiences, but also very good at, I was very good at distracting myself. Kind of goes back to that organized chaos sense of, mm-hmm. of like, even the way I'd move through the day, like, you know, way over planning things, saying yes to too many people, then feeling like I'm letting people down because I ultimately couldn't do everything and had to eventually, you know, say no or flake out and, and almost punishing myself for that. So I was constantly in this state of like one feeling like I was disappointing people two feeling like I was disappointing myself and three, just like, just being exhausted at the end of the day. Like I was just, I was just trying to be everywhere at once. Um, and so I think, I think moving to San Diego and not knowing anyone and having this obsession obsession with surfing in a time where there really wasn't a whole lot of other things to do or a whole lot of other people to see made me value that so much more. It helped me create, put more value around alone time, around time in the water, around not making set plans because like you literally sometimes never know who you're going to meet at the grocery store or you might want to stay out 30 minutes in the water or it might be amazing. And you're like, I want to be out three hours in the water. So I just started saying no to a lot more really because I just wanted to surf. Um, and that actually created a, like a lot more groundedness for me was just, um, saying no, (laughs) saying no. And then that created a lot more space where the yeses just became easier and easier when it was like a fuck. Yeah. Like I want to do that. It wasn't just saying yes to something or doing something, just to keep busy. Uh, so I think to answer your question, that's where that, I think that groundedness for me came from forced stillness, but also creating the space to surf for three hours and not over plan. You know, I think that was a big part of the, of the grounding for me. Beautiful. Yeah. Kind of like setting that, um, sense of doership down a little bit. Yeah kind of mm-hmm. digging those roots in mm-hmm. absolutely and switching gears because I'm just curious and it's something I've I've thought about um and I hope to be able to talk to you know everyone on 
at least this season about, but can you share an experience in the water that has brought up fear or immense fear for you? Yeah, I love this question. Uh, you know, I think the first, the first experience I think of is when I was at Beacons, which is now kind of my home break in San Diego. Uh, it's kind of notorious for being just like, like a, it's a good beginner spot, but there's also, it's just a really fun like beach break. I just, I love it. It's kind of where I started to really learn in San Diego and, and come back to it's still my favorite spot. Uh, but I remember the first day out there, I came and moved to San Diego in the summer and it was the first winter swell that we had when I was living in San Diego. And I, it, anyways, it was the first big swell we had. And I remember I was like, checking surf line and, and I had a gap in my day where I could go out at like, you know, when from the limited experience I had with reading tides, I was like, yeah, yeah, like this. Oh yeah. This is, you know, it's going to be like five to like, or it's, I think it's at six to eight overhead or something, something that was like bigger than I was used to seeing this on was surf the line. You're surfing? Yeah. Oh okay. my gosh. Like I'd come from <laughs> summer surf. I had, it was yeah. Winter going into 2021. I had only been really surfing consistently for about six months. And I went out there with my like eight Oh, like my kind of like my kind of beginner board and just like, again, naively paddled out solo. And I'll never forget like the first big set that came in and I started, it was just, I had never seen a wave that big and I started to fully, and I felt so, I had started to feel really comfortable at that break, right? I was going there every day, but I had never seen it. I'd never seen it to that magnitude. Uh, and so that was a time I remember, fully hyperventilating. I had never really gotten pulled under. And that was, I got pulled under like at least three times that session (laughs) and, and fully hyperventilated fully. My body went into lock and was just like scrambling to get to the top. And I remember just coming out of the water, like shaking and just like, wait, how could that have just happened at a place? I feel like I had been so comfortable at, you know, for so many months. And I just felt like an idiot. I was like, what was I doing out there? Like, Mm. oh my God, you know? And I felt like it was the first time really in surfing where I had put myself at risk, let alone other people. Luckily beacons is pretty spread out, but I think it also made me create this awareness around, you know, when I'm out there and you're going into swell, that's bigger. You're not just, you know, putting yourself in danger, but you really need to be self-aware of your surroundings. And if you are inexperienced, like, your board, how much space you have, if you really should be out there that day and also having a buddy. Like I didn't have anyone with me. If something had happened, I would have, you know, been alone. So I think it just, it was an example for me of like that guttural fear of never seeing a wave at a place. It was just so humbling, but also a sense of like, oh wow, I did not set myself up for success that day. I just was like, yeah, I'll just go out there, you know? <laughs> so, what ha- like, so what happened? Did you end up staying in the water? Like what was going through your mind? If I, you're feeling like, holy shit, I'm looking at the biggest thing that's been like rearing its face and coming literally down on my head right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember kind of looking to my sides of kind of like, okay, if I lose my board, who's close to me, who might I hit? And I remember just ditching my board and kind of ducking and covering but then there was that moment where I was like, okay, shoot, I, I'm not finding the surface. I'm like, you know, when you just, when you get held under that first time and then I just started scrambling for the top, you know, and there was a couple sets like that. And then I remember I just paddled way out, like way out past the break and tried to just breathe and like calm myself down. I just kind of like looked to the sides. And then when there was a break, I just paddled straight in. I didn't go for anything. I just waited till there was a set that I could at least going on on my tummy it just yeah. went in um but it was funny I beacons is still my favorite spot so that session really taught me to like one go back and think about what board I have out on a big day who I'm going out with who I'm telling I'm going out to um and also doing some training and doing some breath work quite honestly before yeah. I just go and, and paddle out um but yeah, I, I remember just that feeling of like, I remember the feeling of just um, my whole body locking and just like shaking. So that was a little bit painful. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. Yeah. And it can feel just, yeah, and just your whole system feels shaken. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it totally brings on that sympathetic nervous system kind of mm-hmm. fight or flight. Yeah. 
which brings us to like the present, I think so in- intensely, but yes. you know, it can kind of go one or two ways I find. Mm-hmm. And it's either, it's like <laughs> you go into pure panic mode and you're almost like you could harm yourself or others in that yeah. state where you just like feel like you can't figure out the way out. Like you paddled out, you almost caught your breath and mm-hmm. then were able to kind of find reason again in that moment of like, mm-hmm. this is fear and I'm going to get through it. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a quote that I love from when things fall apart, which I know is one of your favorite books. Oh. And the quote is usually we think that brave people have no fear. The truth is that they are intimate with fear. And I think with surfing, we start to really become intimate with fear. And I, it's one of those things that as much as, I mean, I guess we could actually be in kind of one of those fair weathered surfers, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is beautiful. And, um, definitely, you know, if that's what you want to do, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's a, a lovely, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lovely experience. But I think for a lot of surfers, there's a level of fear that it changes as we mm-hmm. surf too, which I think is unique, right? maybe that day wouldn't necessarily cause or instill the same fear now, Yes, which I think is interesting. But how do you feel like, have you, with that experience, like you still go to go to beacons, like mm-hmm. what was it coming out of that, that kind of brought you to come back to it? Like, again, touching on that intimacy with, fe- with fear that you kept wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? Yeah. And I still think about that day because now I'm like, I wonder how big it actually was because that day, right. It could have been jaws coming out me. It could have been like, (laughs) it could have been like, it could have been a Hawaii wave. Like that's what it felt like from my context, right. From being someone who was on a wave storm, like the day before on a really small swell to then just like, do, do, do. So I always think back to that day of like having compassion for that, that like, where I was at in surfing that day Mm. of like, it really is contextual of like where you're at in surfing. Like something that was probably totally manageable to someone that day was just so scary to me. And I try to think about that every time I go out in the water of like someone who's new or literally has never Mm. been in the water before. And like how scary and like challenging it is being like completely new. Um, and so, yeah, I think like that just the context of surfing is so interesting too. Like just even now looking at the water, And I'm like, oh my God, I went all those years just like looking at like a wave, not really thinking anything. And now I go out and just like look at it totally differently. So I think that's actually like speaking to the fear point. I think I was like, wow, I now see beacons. I see the potential for like this wave in a totally different light. And this is a new kind of challenge for me to overcome. Mm. And I think, I think as being an athlete and someone that's kind of kind of obsessed with like self-improvement or just that it was like oh like hell yeah like okay let's this is like a challenge like this is gonna be fun and um and I think that was kind of where I was like well that was really humbling like that was embarrassing a little bit like it it huge bruised my ego but also like a whole new reality that I didn't even know existed so I was like if that exists then that's just right outside my door. Like I need to bike there tomorrow and at least go watch it and try to figure it out and study it, you know, versus being afraid of it. You know, like, yeah, I recently cut my butt cheek open, had to get (laughs) stitches at beacons. Like, but I love, I love that break and, and I have like an intimate relationship with it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's actually something that, you know, I think when you're you're a surfer too, like no matter what your local break is, like I know you have a really intimate relationship with the cliffs. You kind of have this like, you have this love hate for it because it's, but then that's the beauty of surfing. It's like, it could be the same break, but it's so different on different days. Right. Like, so I think that was actually, even though it was scary and there was a lot of fear that day, it also was like, Whoa, I didn't even know that that was something that this wave could do or something that I could really feel. And so again, it, it brings back to that experience with surfing where it's like constantly getting to experience myself in a new way every time I'm out there, you know, not just the water's moving differently, but like I'm moving differently and I'm, you're processing it every time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think those moments that we experience fear kind of show us a a look into a darker place. That's maybe not an uncomfortable place to look at within ourselves, but if you look at it from a certain lens or a certain perspective, it's a place that we get to work Mm -hmm. at and and kind of um, grow within, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it was all easy and comfortable, then we've already made it. But like those moments of fear, those moments of uncertainty, we get to kind of like lean in 
and surrender into that and find a little bit more space for, you know, growing, which is a beautiful thing. And I think in kind of coming back and circling around, I think that speaks true to kind of where you're going right now, embarking on your trip back into Central America for an unknown amount of time, just kind of leaning into that unknown, leaning into potential fear of, Mm -hmm. right? Unknown is kind of hand in hand with, I think, fear Mm -hmm. and kind of embarking on that journey and, and whatever kind of comes up. So thank you so much for coming on and and talking tonight and it's just been such a pleasure christine it's been so so such a pleasure and almost therapeutic to do this with you (laughs) before i go too and and be reflective and just answer honestly with someone that i feel so comfortable with and that i love so dearly and i can't wait to listen to all the episodes this season it's going to be so much fun but i just also want to say and point out that You've been such a big like mentor of mine in the water and have helped me work through a lot just in the last year and also helped introduce me to, again, kind of a whole new world that I didn't even know existed. So I just want to say from the really, truly from my heart, like, thank you for everything you brought to my life, not even just from a friendship, from just who you are as a human, but like who you are out in the water. You inspire me and have inspired me to really live in the moment to challenge myself in surfing yet be really thoughtful and intentional in the water. You've been a huge, uh, inspiration for me as a water woman and just as a woman in general. So thank you so much. Ah, That's absolutely so sweet of you. I honestly feel the same. I think we knew that the moment we (laughs) at pipes and I called a friend saying, I just met the coolest woman of my life. I can't (laughs) believe we're about to be friends. So I honestly think the world of you and I'm so proud of you and it's it's going to be so exciting to see where you go next so thank you (laughs) it's gonna be fun (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of the saltwater stories hosted by me Christine Kent if you enjoyed this episode please share and like follow and or subscribe to wherever you're listening in today If you think there are saltwater stories out there worth sharing on this podcast that I've yet to explore, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on my Instagram at the saltwater stories. 